we have shown what it is to get into Jesus Christ. And we proceed to remark that no one can get into him without being the subject of the faith. For Paul says, Ye are all the sons of the deity in the anointed Jesus through the faith. Dear tes pistios. And he tells us that there is one faith and not two or more. And that without this faith, it is impossible to please God. It is evident then that those Satanists in Smyrna and in Philadelphia, who say they are Jews, but who had either not embraced the faith, or having embraced it, had afterwards made it void by their traditions, or had denied it in any way, are not Jews, but do lie. They were not in Christ Jesus, nor he in them by faith, and therefore, whatever their pretensions might be, they were not Christians. Through the faith, then, Gentiles become Jews, and natural-born Hebrews become Israelites indeed. Through the faith, expressed in the obedience of faith, men and women get into Christ, and in getting in, become citizens of the polity of the Israel, to be planted as the wood of the life in the paradise of the Elohim, where it will flourish unfadingly during the olam of a thousand years. The polity of the Israel, he politeia to Israel, styled in the English version, the Commonwealth of Israel, is at present in the formative state. Ephesians 2 verse 12. It is being formed by the process of taking out a people from the nations for the name. Acts 15 verse 14. This name is the polity. And when the gospel of the kingdom preached has separated all required for the purposes of God, the name or polity will be complete. And as it is a Hebrew polity by which the Jewish nation and all other nations are to be governed, all who share in its polituma or commonwealth must become inward Jews or Israelites indeed. Philippians 3 verse 20 where Paul says, Our polituma subsists in heavens, out of which also we wait for the Deliverer, the Lord Jesus anointed. The citizenship begins there by true believers on earth being immersed into him now in heavens at the right hand of power. But the land covenant requires that all the members of this divine polity be circumcised. When the millennial sanctuary is set up in the holy oblation of paradise, 
The law is that no stranger, uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh, shall enter into my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel. Ezekiel 44 verse 9 This is the principle. There must be circumcision. Israel and foreigners that come to sojourn there must be circumcised in heart and flesh. And the uncircumcised man-child, whose flesh is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. Genesis 17 verse 14 Circumcision is therefore indispensable. Now females partook of the circumcision of their fathers, even as Levi, before he was born, paid tithes to Melchizedek, being, as it were, in the loins of Abraham. So, after a like arrangement, the bride, the lamb's wife, springing as Eve from the side of Adam, partakes of the circumcision of Jesus' flesh, and does no more, therefore, need to be circumcised individually in the flesh of their persons than the female half of Abraham's posterity. This necessity being thus obviated, yet circumcision being indispensable, it is evident that the members of the divine polity of Israel must be the subjects of the circumcision of the heart. There is no other alternative. Circumcised of flesh by imputation and circumcised of heart through the faith. We, says Paul to the saints, are the circumcision who worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Philippians 3 verse 3 The saints, then, are the circumcision in the true spiritual import of the institution, and not the rejecters of Jesus, or those who are too ignorant, from whatever cause, to get into him. But in the primitive institution, there is a putting off of flesh, a bloody cutting off, which makes it a covenant, or berith. When, therefore, true believers, that is, believers of the truth, are circumcised, there must be, in their case, a putting off of the flesh. This is actually so, as expounded in the words of Paul, who says, In Christ ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of the Christ. That is, when Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day according to the law, the flesh cut off from his person 
was representative of the flesh and its lusts, which were to be put off by all who should be constituted the righteousness of God in him, who should put off their sins, and afterwards put off their flesh, as he had done in its transformation into Holy Spirit nature. All the sins of a man, previous to his putting on Christ, in their totality are styled a body. And as they result from the uncontrolled operation of the inherent lusts of the flesh, the embodiment is styled the body of the sins of the flesh. The old sins, the old man which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, the old man with his deeds, Colossians 3 verse 9 and Ephesians 4 verse 22. Now this body of sin must be crucified, that it may be circumcised or cut off, even unto its death. And there is nothing can do this but the truth as it is in Jesus, heartily believed and obeyed. When this is intelligently and heartily received, it works a thorough and complete transformation of the man. His eyes are opened, he is turned from ignorance to knowledge, and from the power of Satan to God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are put to death, and he lives for a better, higher, and nobler state of being. Thus prepared in heart and understanding, he is ready for circumcision. Not as the concision would prescribe, who first immersed and then circumcised the flesh of their dupes, nor as the antecision of after times, who teach that water sprinkling came in the room of circumcision. But in the way the apostle indicates, in the words, Ye are circumcised in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh in the circumcision of the Christ, buried with him in the immersion, with whom also ye are risen through the faith of the energy of the deity, who raised him from among the dead. And ye being dead in your trespasses, and in the foreskin of your flesh, he hath made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Colossians 2 verse 12 Hence, to be circumcised with the true circumcision is for a genuine believer of the truth as it is in Jesus, to be immersed for the name of Jesus anointed into a remission of sins, Acts 2 verse 38. Such a circumcised believer is in Christ, and being in him is an inward Jew, in other words, a Christian.
In Smyrna, then, and Philadelphia, there were Satanists who said they were Jews, that is, Christians. But, saith the Spirit, they are not, but do lie. The world is full of such liars to this day. Their names and denominations are legion. They say they are Christians, but are not, and do lie. They are water-sprinkled Nicolaitans, and nothing more, uncircumcised Gentiles of the unmeasured outer court, which is theirs, in which also they tread underfoot the holy city during forty and two months. Revelation 11 verse 2. Our contemporaries, who say they are Christians, are ignorant of God, are destitute of the faith, and without even the form of baptism. For none but the wicked or the insane would affirm either that baptism came in the room of circumcision, or that sprinkling a few drops of water into the face of a puling infant or into the face of an ignorant adult, was baptism. Neither sprinkling, pouring, nor immersion came in the room of circumcision. Immersion, the only true action of the one baptism, is not a substitute, but the means by which the believer of the truth gets at and partakes of the circumcision of Christ. If a man be ignorant of the truth, all the dipping and sprinkling in the world cannot circumcise him, and without circumcision of heart in spirit, he can have no part in the paradise of the Elohim. Lastly, upon this point we remark, that for an unqualified man to affirm that he is an apocalyptic Jew or by interpretation a Christian is blasphemy. This is manifest from the words of the Spirit who says, I know the blasphemy of them who say they are Jews and are not. Blasphemy is Greek and signifies defamatory, calumnious, abusive language. To blaspheme is to hurt one's good name, to speak ill, or to the prejudice of one. The blasphemy of saying we are Jews, when not, is defamatory and injurious to the name of Christ. For liars to affirm that they are Christ's, is to injure the reputation of Christ with those who believe it and to impede the progress of the truth. Thus, when men say they are Christians, but are really nothing else than Judaizers of the concision, Gnostics and sprinklers of the antecision, or Nicolaitans all, they are blasphemers, for in proportion as their criminal foolishness rises in public estimation, 
the truth as it is in Jesus, falls and becomes the subject of ridicule and contempt. This is the relative position of things at the present time. All ranks, orders, and degrees of the clergy and of the Nicolaitan names and denominations can stand up before the world and utter the most ridiculous and wicked blasphemies, which their flocks receive with all-satisfied and pietistic grimace. They can take a squalling brat and, sprinkling water into its face, tell their audiences with a grave countenance that they thus baptise it by divine authority for its regeneration and membership in the Church of Christ, and that this sorcery accomplished, it is a Christian. If shortly after it dies, they preach its funeral and tell their deluded followers that its precious immortal soul has gone to glory and is now one of the angels around the throne. This and much more of the same sort of incoherent twaddle they retail as religious consolation to a deluded world, which responds in tuneful and glorious instrumental and vocal harmony, glory, hallelujah, while the enunciation of the gospel of the kingdom would either be submerged in shouts of ribaldry or met with the imprecations of infuriated pietism. Shall it stand on record that it is blasphemy for one to say he is a Jew when he is not, and that all these unscriptural and anti-Christian traditions are not blasphemy? Truth and candour forbid it. And therefore, with our loudest voice, we say, He that hath an ear, let him hearken to what the Spirit saith to the Smyrnians, who in effect proclaims that the darling pietism of the religious world is mere bold, unmitigated blasphemy. <laughs>